this week on Grip and Grin. The time has finally come to pursue native brookies and landlocked salmon. Early spring fly fishing has endless obstacles. However, anglers that overcome these challenges are rewarded well. Listen along as the Grip and Grin team hikes their way into the western mountains of Maine to experience some top-notch fly fishing. Welcome to another episode of Grip and Grin. It's been a while, again. <laughs> We've put on a lot of miles. Uh, a lot of miles. A lot, a lot of tight of, lines. A lot of tight lines, a lot of states. Good amount of rain. <laughs> <laughs> and more to come. Yeah, I know. Hey, I'm not coughing this time. Last pod, I, oh, yeah. I was sick. So, it, this will be a lot better. A I lot better. Now I'm, the, now I'm the one that's a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that'll get sorted out soon enough. We'll see. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about an outing that we did. Um, what weekend? Uh, it's a hard poll. Second weekend of May. It was like early May. Yeah. Early yeah. May. Yeah, because we actually... So we want to hit this uh, water... Sh- oh, actually... Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. We want to hit this watershed that we previously have gone to, and we ended up trying to go in late April. And this is in the Rangeley area that we were. Yeah, and, well, uh, we had high hopes going in, but as <laughs> we kept driving, it was just like more snow, more snow, yep. and more snow. So we ended up getting on the dirt roads out there, and we couldn't do anything. We are, Let's see. We got... 15 no 10 or 12 miles in on dirt roads and then we got like to one point it was just snowed in impassable yeah like absolutely no way i remember you walked up a little bit i'm like there's no reason to walk up and look at the snow because it's just there (laughs) we're not going over it tried dude i know i know what the hell but we uh, uh just a little side note we ended up going to a a local trib afterwards on that day and we were using some new gear. Mm, mm-hmm. So I was able, uh, we met up, what was it, early early April, right, when I gave you your new rod? Yeah, well, that was a huge surprise, but yes, we met up for dinner. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I left my leftovers inside. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Uh, ran back in, I come back out and... This mother trucker is in my car. I'm like, that's weird. He must have like, I don't know. Maybe he's giving me like, I, I, I don't know. I, was, I had no clue. Yeah, I was, you know, trying to hustle up and like shove a rod tube in your car. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I left it right in the open too. So you would see it once you started driving. Oh, I saw. And then when I said bye, you know, I, I just tried to skedaddle out of there. I was like, get in the car, start driving. <laughs> so he, he's not going to be like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I texted you that um, when we were on the road. I was like, I was like, dude. Well, you were behind me and you were just holding up the rod tube <laughs> yeah. as we were driving. I'm like, 
I don't know. You'll have to I find saw the out. Shrugging, I'm like, <laughs> you son of a bitch. So I ended up giving you uh, a TFO Pro Two, and you paired that with a Bandkill Reel. Mm. Oh, are you? Oh, sorry. No, I, you didn't so, even. Oh, it's not on our agenda. Yes, so, yes, it's the seven and a half. TFO seven and a half three weight three weight. Yes. Um, I did not have a reel for that yet. Well, I've been using a reel, but um, we'll 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 <laughs> hang on to that for a little bit. Um, but uh, no, a very sensitive rod. Um, is it moderate action? Yeah, it's a moderate three weight seven and a half footer. And I, when I saw it, it was a steal of a deal, and I like pulled the trigger without even thinking about it. And Dude, beautiful rod, like because mm. you have a nine foot five weight, you have the seven and a half foot three weight, and as I mentioned, I got you the Pro Two, which is a six foot, yes, two weight, which is an awesome rod. And we've talked about that on a, I think a previous pod, yeah, but we haven't talked about the performance of it yet. But it's such a good rod for like small <laughs> tribs and whatnot, and. The thing I like about it is the fact that it's so short, walking those like river banks and like the, you know, through the woods if you need to cut through, it's just a quick little like mm-hmm. weave the rod through. And if you get any like wrapped line on the end of the rod, you can literally just reach out and grab the end yep. of it. Yeah. And you have the, the band gill reel on it, disc drag. Yep. And what's where I want to do a little review on this reel because. It, uh-huh. it gave us some headaches, actually. And when we first, you first got the reel, it was, it was sick, absolutely yeah. sick. But it, for some reason, you know, it's a simple mechanism on the inside, but just it wasn't functioning right. Where yeah. the the metal like clicker part of the reel of the click and pull, it was actually like hitting the disc. It was it was almost like instead of making the loud clicking like drag noise, it was almost like ooh, like. It was not, there was no drag practically. No. So we, we kind of jerry rigged, fixed it up, bending it a little bit, and yeah, almost had a disaster after bending it. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Um, yeah. And you were like, you need to send this back. Like, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what you did. I adjusted the drag. It's just like a simple, like, it's hard to explain on a podcast, but there's like a square piece I can rotate to adjust the drag. So I adjusted that, and uh, knock on wood, real wood. Um, You're screwed over there. I'm screwed. Um, <laughs> but it's wor- it's been working. So those two rods are now in your quiver, so, and yep. you're covering all your bases now, and you're not using that old Cabela's rod for these yeah, small that, streams. that rod is uh, well out uh, of commission at this point. <laughs> it's going to be a practice rod maybe for the young ones, but, um, yeah, it, it – there's still a gap there within my quiver uh, that needs to be filled. There's a couple gaps, I think. But, but I think that's come that's come though from the experience of using the three weight and the two weight. Yep, yep. Because I've gotten familiar with the three weight and two weight, and you really can't muscle fish with those two rods. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're catching like micro brookies or something like that, like you can you you know you can yeah. damn that stuff you know what i'm saying but you, if you're like on like a bigger body of water and you're using say like i don't know the three weight 
you just have to keep in mind, like, you can't muscle this exactly, in. Exactly, exactly. But that's where, like, the artistry comes into play. And we'll get more into the missing piece in your quiver later on this pod when we talk about our outing. But I ended up uh, getting two new rods as well. And I got, I also got a new seven and a half foot three weight. It's the same as my nine foot four weight. It's the uh, uh, classic trout, classic yep. trout, Reddington. Great trout. rod. And I Great absolutely rod. love both of them. And for the price point, you can't beat it. Like for what, 125 bucks, I think the rods are, or 150 maybe. Yeah. I mean, you, and it comes with a warranty. I haven't had much of any issues with it. The only issue I could complain about on the seven and a half foot rod, yeah, the middle ferrule is a little loose, but if I put some wax on it, it should be fine. But the the better piece of <laughs> equipment that I got, and I've been wanting this for a while. I've really, really been wanting this for a while. It's a sexy rod. It it's just absolute sex. I fucking love it. It's, it's amazing. It's the LL Bean Pocket Water, which is practically the Reddington butter stick. Mm-hmm. Um it's a little bit cheaper than the actual Reddington butter stick, but it has. I'm if I remember right, I think L.L. Bean uses similar blanks to Reddington, if not the same blanks or sage. Yep. So it it practically is a butter stick, and I call it a butter stick because I always wanted a butter stick. And this is a six foot nine inch three weight, and I actually got it paired with the L.L. Bean pocket water disc drag reel, which is pretty much. The same looking reel as uh, the band kill. Yep, very similar. It's funny because downstairs in the basement this afternoon, when I was like, come down to grab stuff. I was like, who's real? I was like, that kind of looks like my bat and kill. Yeah, like, it's, it's just like a, a like a bronzy, like rusty yeah. color, and it it's just like an old style rod, and it's just so fun. And um, I'll, we'll talk about our how the rods work when we're actually getting into these small trip uh, fishing outings, but. Just to touch on a little bit, the only thing I would say about the the butter stick that I I see as kind of an issue is if I want to throw a dry dropper, it's not quite the best. It's definitely a dry fly purist rod. There's a lot of uh, elasticity. There. <laughs> yeah, it um, is a wet noodle, but it's like a heavy wet noodle. Yes, yeah, it's very heavy. Like. It's if you hold it in your hand, you'll be like, "Oh, it's not that heavy." But if you hold it compared to your TFO my Pro Two, oh yeah. my goodness! Like yep. it's you're you're like a wizard, and <laughs> and I'm over here like I can just like whip this rod and it loads so quickly when you cast yes. and it just shoots those dry flies out and it makes those little dink brook trout so so fun. But enough talking about what's like new in our our bag. We we ended up going out second week uh, second weekend of May. And we were hoping for, you know, a similar outing to what we did last year. Check out the old pods, you mm-hmm. know, the Allagash disaster. <laughs> yes, we, that's right. That's when we uh, hit this uh, particular watershed before. That's right. So we were Good actually pull. two weeks earlier than that first outing we did. And we we first had a dilemma on what what rods we were going to use, like... Do we go to seven and a half foot three weights because we just got them and right. we want to rock them? Or do I go with my uh, older reliable rod or do you go with your five weight? And we ended up looking at the river and we both decided like nine footers, let's rock and roll. Yep. I mean, because last year at that time, if you go back and listen to that pod, we were catching, I mean, 
you know, there was some sizable trout in there. However, most of them were like six, eight inches. Yeah, they were your typical dink, but they're like, I mean, I, I am not complaining about that no, one bit. <laughs> great outing, but we were just, that's what we had to go off. Yeah, exactly. Of. So, like, that's why I was like wanting to use that seven and a half foot rod. But when we went this time, we, we noticed that one, the waters were higher. Yep. The wind was supposed to be 20 miles an hour. And that's that was like the bummer of the day. Exactly. And it was just going to be a shorter day trip. Like right. we didn't have a lot of time to work with. This was Sunday. I had to get back to Massachusetts that evening. So we kind of had like a stricter timeline to follow. And we get down to the river, take a water temp, 55 degrees. Great. It's a great water temp, but it's not quite your your dry fly oh, yeah. activity. And Get, granted, it was there was snow there two weeks prior. <laughs> well, when we were driving up the whole time, we were like, snow, snow, yeah, snow. I know, I know. It's like a little PTSD. <laughs> so, like, as much as we wanted to throw dries, that just wasn't the strategy that was going to work that day. And we have, I think, gone really good at, you know, knowing our entomology uh, as a whole and on particular river systems. Yes. So when we got there, we're like, okay, we don't see any dry fly activity. We're not seeing any fish rise, but we flip over rocks. We see caddis, midges. Not to uh, mention that massive stone fly. Massive stone fly, little stone flies, mayfly, nymphs. So there was a ton Mm -hmm. of stuff going on underwater. So we ended up throwing on, uh, you might have started with a dry dropper, maybe. I can't remember. We were talking about that earlier. I, I... I feel like I did, but it was it didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, because I went straight to the nymph rig, and yeah. I I had a prince nymph on top and the guy's choice on bottom. I think you're right because I think I did do like a, a, a caddis like to a dropper yeah. just because I was in a little bit faster moving water, but at the same time, most of the fish I was catching were on the bottom, on yep. the dropper, and yep. that's when I made that adjustment. Yeah, and we we worked from where we parked up to this first bend, and we saw a crap ton of shit ton. Yeah, of the white suckers, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point we get up to, um, there's a picture actually on our Instagram of a massive native brookie that I caught. <laughs> hey, um, it's a tank. Make sure it, to check it out. <laughs> it's yes. Um, so we went back pretty much to that bend, and I remember wait. We weren't wet waiting that day. No, Way definitely not. <laughs> um. But I remember wading out into that that glassy pool that you usually hit, yep. and where you caught that hook jaw brookie last mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. And I just remember looking down the water and going, "Holy shit!" I thought they were brookies right off the bat. Sucker! Well, they were chubbies, more or less. <laughs> yeah. But just swimming like all in between my legs and everything. Like I probably had about twenty fish easily all easily. around me, but they were all just like. These massive like chubbies. I'm like, uh, that's an indication right there. Yeah, that's an indication of like, all right, move up. But you caught a salmon in that pool, didn't you? Uh, I thought you caught a salmon before we moved up, because I caught a massive friggin' chubby. Honestly, I'm pretty sure you caught I, like a a micro salmon. I'm maybe I have it, it left uh, my memory because a lot happened between there and the end. <laughs> I remember it because the fish I caught was 
probably like three pounds, but it was a chubby. <laughs> yep. And you caught like a micro salmon, and I was jealous. And I was like, <laughs> man, that's a nice little salmon. I'm like, mm. I remember it. I remember it. So we ended up working up to this snowmobile bridge, and there was actually quite a few anglers that were hitting that uh, that pool right there, and ended up talking to one of the guys. Surprisingly, I actually initiated Dude, the conversation. if you can poke and people give you information, <laughs> screw them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, this guy was vomiting information. He's like, a lot of chubbies, but, you know, the occasional brookie here and there. We're like, okay. Yeah, like, it gave us a little hope knowing that he was catching brookies and it wasn't just chubbies and suckers. So we ended up bushwhacking uh, roughly a mile up to uh, the area where – we refer to as the juice, pretty much. The juice, and we didn't we didn't stop at all to like cast. Nope, we just beelined it right to that spot. Exactly, and it was it was a fucking hike and a half because that that's pretty tough hiking through. Because you're traversing up against like basically a mountain. Yeah, exactly. Well, not a mountain, but a cliff. Yeah, it just drops off, and the water's kind of high. It's cold, rocks slippery. You got these fallen trees. You're on your hands and knees at points, and Finally get up to, we've referred to it as the, the big glass pool yep. right before there's a little bend. And you started fishing that bend, and I went pretty much straight up to that glass pool, if I remember right. Yeah, you did. I think, didn't you go to your side? Yeah, so. <laughs> we have, like, designated sides. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like being technical at times. So mm-hmm. I like casting on my offhand. So, like, if I'm looking at the river, it's going right to left. So then I'm right-handed. I have to use my backhand to cast up. I, I like, since then to now, I understand, like, your thought process with that. Because after you said that, after that outing that day and all the outings that we've had since, I've I've definitely done that, like, those technical casts. Yep. It just makes the fish that much more rewarding exactly. when you catch them. And we, I get to the the kind of the tail out of this glass pool. And it's a – how long is that pool? Mm. 80 yards, yeah, 70 it's yards. A, it's a beautiful, beautiful it's, pool. It's your, if you had to look up the definition of like a glass pool, it fits the description yep. well. And there's a nice little riffle comes in and then it's yep. just glass all the way down, but there's a nice flow to it. So it's not just stagnant water there. Yep. And I remember I, I get to my side of the pool and I did a couple casts. I saw one single rise and I'm like, I radioed in. I'm like, hey, like I just saw a fish rise. I'm not changing from the nymph. Mm-hmm. And then I hooked into my first fish, which was a decent sized brookie. And I'm like, all right, it is go time, green light. What's because you know how we fish, it's typically 110 miles an hour until something happens and then it's a slam on the brakes and well, dissect Well, when something happens, we're like, is this an anomaly? Well, it wasn't <laughs> quite the anomaly when you radio in and you're getting some action in that faster water. <laughs> Dude, when I mean fast water, I mean like two feet a second, like mm-hmm. freaking ripping. And I remember you were like, you should probably, you, you were like, you should probably start here because it was like, it was the rapids below the glass pool. And I was like, yeah. And I was standing up on a rock so I could really shoot it across. And I was, I mean, I was throwing two colors out my floating line. Dang. Like, I was just, like, reaching up, casting out a 45, probably, like, 10 o'clock, and just letting it drift all the way down. And did you mention what flies you were using for this? So, like I said, I thought I started off with, like, a dry dropper. 
But um, when I switched over to Nymphs, I was actually using a Guide's Choice and a Copper Stone yep. is what I was using. Uh, Guide's Choice on top to a dropper of a Copper Stone. Um, a Copper Stone is just, I mean, the Guide's Choice is like our go-to. Yes. You know, it's like old faithful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the Copper Stone for me is like my, is like my like bread and butter. It's it's they got the fish chi. <laughs> it's got the fish chi. It, it works well for me, and yeah, I mean, I caught it was like a nice fourteen, sixteen inch. Nah, it wasn't sixteen. It was like fourteen inch salmon. Yep. Uh, very skinny, but I was like, let's go, like sweet. And after that, I caught like four brookies, and I remember I was like, I think it was the second or third one I caught. You, I didn't even say anything. You radioed in, and you were like, dude. These brookies have like shoulders on them. And I'm like, okay, it's not just me. Like, these brookies we were catching were no slouches. I know. And it was just from what we experienced in the past to then, it was not like a, it was a 180 in terms of size of fish. Yes. The, the quantity was the same, the quality was just through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I, I, every fish was a fight. Yep. And I remember I actually hooked into a really nice brookie. I can't remember the size off the top of my hand, but it was over 12, I think. And it was good enough for me to get to the side, pull up my phone, because I never really take a lot of pictures. So I'm like, I need a picture of this, because this is just awesome. And we were just absolutely hammering. Slaying. Just absolutely slaying. The, like, these brookies, to kind of paint the picture, we'll, we'll post pictures on Instagram of these, these, uh, these beautiful brookies, but it's like those native brookies. They have massive heads, mm-hmm. short, like fat bodies, but like they're short. Yep. They're short, but they're huge. Like, just all shoulders. <laughs> it's just like, what the heck? Like beautiful brookies. I mean, and the fight that they give was just, oh my gosh. So it was great that we brought the nine footers. If we brought three weights, we would have been screwed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there was actually this one time. And that glass pool, I was pretty much halfway through it, and I actually doubled up. That's right. <laughs> and one of them was a freaking tank, an absolute tank. And the other, the the, the smaller, quote-unquote smaller brookie was 12 inches. I'm like, <laughs> immediately snapped my line. I'm like, yeah, there's no doubt. Like, my, There was no way my tippet was going to handle that much fish. Did, I wish I landed them, but... One of them. Either one of them would have been great, but that was cool to see. They were just absolutely hammering those nymphs. I mean, the the, the faster water was like the ticket that day, mm. um, based on my opinion, because we got to that bigger, like, wrap, uh, the bigger wrap, the bigger... Um, it was like a deep pool rapid type yeah, deal. It, was it, was like, like, it wasn't a waterfall, but it was like a, a huge... A strong seam that was know, deep. Very deep, and complete undercut like complete drop off as soon as you step in and we we're pulling how many brookies did we pull how out many hole? big brookies did we see five and six. then i actually hooked into this great salmon oh yeah get it in the <laughs> net and then it unhooked itself in the net and flopped out i'm like oh i wanted a picture of that one it yeah. was actually it was my pb salmon literally that's <laughs> right i forgot about that so it it was Again, unbelievable fishing and the um, just so many large fish in one outing. I, you, you couldn't make this stuff up. And the wind actually wasn't that bad at all. It was funny because in the moment, neither of us was like saying like, this is amazing. We were just like, 
don't say anything. Yes. Because <laughs> we don't want to jinx this. <laughs> like, we didn't say anything until we were, like, walking back that we were like, dude, that was freaking unreal. Uh, it was. It was unreal. And, again, we we never changed flies after that. That's how good it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, dial, we we hit the head of the nail early on. And I think there was this is one thing, though, I wanted to bring back to you're saying you had a hole in your quiver. And mm-hmm. I think we kind of discussed it, like, the, the five weight was like almost just a tad too much. And my four weight was absolutely perfect for that day yep. where it could handle the big fish, but the small fish were still very fun on yep. that rod. Yep. So, and that, you know, soon I'll try to find a, a nine foot uh, four weight for you at some point. I, I won't make any purchases. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the four weight, I mean, if I'm going to buy a rod for somebody like, I think the way I went about it is like the best way to do it. Get familiar with a five weight first. It's a very versatile rod. You can do pretty much everything. You can with streamer it. fish. You can go uh, get right. salmon. You can do brook trout, nymphing, dry flies, ponds, rivers, smaller rivers. Like the only thing you really can't do with it is like trip fishing. Yeah, exactly. But like now, like what you were saying, it's like some of these brookies. Like I could really muscle them in, and I'm like kind of wish I had that four weight to kind of yeah. like play this off a little bit. Yeah, more. exactly. Like have a little bit more fun with it. But if you're an inexperienced fly fisherman, like I would go with the five weight. Go with the five weight instead of your bugs. Yeah. Because that, that was a big ticket for us, just understanding like what the river was calling for that day. And we were able to hit the nail on the head right there. Yeah. That's like almost our like strategy now showing up. It's like temperature, flip rocks. What's the flow like? Yeah, turbidity. Turbidity, um, wind. Yeah. Um, which ways you're shadow casting? We have really we had to worry about that in a later outing. <laughs> With some clear, clear water, but yep. There, there's a lot that you need to keep in mind when you're going out, and if you want to maximize your success. But you know, it's it's a little bit at a time. You know, you can't do it all at once. But we've gone to the point where, I mean. Look at where you were two years ago and where I was three years ago. Yeah. There's there's a lot that's changed, and I, I I actually take notes of all these outings so I can have a a whole bank of like information. Like, oh, if I go to this river at this time, this water temp, boom, this is what I'm going to do. And that's what's cool. Like, and uh, we talk about this a lot. Like, and I, you've kind of brushed this off onto me a little bit, but <laughs> we try not to hit the same place more than once. Yeah, we like seeing new waters, but I'll. I'll say this, the fact that that water level was a little bit higher, uh, it was a different time of year, it was almost like a different river. No, it was a different river. It was, like, the only thing that was the same was the scenery. Yeah. The, the trout were bigger. Yep. Uh, the water was different. The bugs we were throwing were different. It was just, it was completely different from one when we went the first time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't know if we're wrapping this up, but I do want to mention this now. You know, we... We get to the end of this whole stretch, and I look at the clock, and it's like the perfect time to end. Like, we ended fishing when I was like, "This is the deadline when we have to leave the hike out," and we get on the bank, right by you know like the lake dumps into this river, and I look over to you. I'm like, "This was literally the best fishing I've ever had," and it was no. There was no uh, sarcasm in that statement, and it's still true, I think. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you've said that a lot this spring. <laughs> uh, yes, 
But I also prefaced with our latest outing where I said, yeah, that might be my favorite river, but it wasn't quite the outing we had in early May. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the size of the fish and the quantity of the size and the amount of big fish. There was a lot of grip and grin worthy fish that we missed. Well, we tried taking a picture of one, but <laughs> didn't go so well. That last pool that... Oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, there was one last pool just before the lake there. And, I mean, when I say indicator just disappeared. Well, can I mention one thing before? <laughs> yeah. So there's this, there's this last pool, and we're like, how many fish can we get out of it? And mm. I remember I'm kind of like... I'm not like, I'm just in that state where I'm vibing. I'm just kind of watching the fishing, but I just wanted to do it once. I, I sat on a rock <laughs> at the tail out of this pool and I threw up. I was like, I want to try to catch one while just sitting and chilling. I was able to manage to catch two, just absolutely doing nothing. I'm like, <laughs> this is great. But we uh, wanted to see how many fish we could catch out of it. And we caught, I can't remember, it was like eight brookies out of it. And yeah. then it was the last fish was this tank of a salmon where that indicator just went and we cast it over that same spot same how many spot, times a lot i mean 20 30 times yeah easily and i mean it's not a very big pool at all no, i mean i would no. say it's probably like 20 feet by 16 feet mm -hmm. i mean it's not a very big pool but it holds a lot of fish and if that fly lines up just right <laughs> um so the copper stone was what was hit, um, and the fight was on, and side pressure, baby. Yep. Especially in that fast current. And I tried to net it a couple times. Oh, it did not like that. It really did not like that. <laughs> it saw me and was like, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> but that's saving us. We didn't measure it, but we, we got some pictures of it. Um, but, uh, I mean... 18 inches? Yeah, I think so. 18 to 20 inches, something like that? I mean, that. we got one photo before it flopped. <laughs> the beheaded <laughs> salmon. Oh, it, it it cocked its uh, body just right, so it looks like it's headless. But we got some pictures of it in the net um, with a copper stone in there and whatnot. But beautiful fish, beautiful fish. One of the many beautiful fish that we oh, caught that day. It was... Mm, that was like the... the when I say cherry on top, that was like the sprinkles. <laughs> yeah. That was the rainbow sprinkles. It just like, oh, here's a little something, something. Yep. Um, but yeah, that that was on top of all those brookies we caught, those massive brookies. I mean. Whew. And the expectations weren't like sky high. Hell no. And. God, no. If we, like, bad weather. We weren't sure, like, how the fishing was going to be. There was plenty of people there at the lower section. Because the winds weren't even that bad. I know. Freaking weather. Uh, <laughs> don't even. Don't even right now. We're coming off a big L <laughs> right you now. <laughs> Quite literally, but. Because <laughs> oh, it was, like, it was weird. It'd be calm. And then the wind would pick up for, like, 10 to 15 miles you just, an hour. You just wait a second. You literally wait a second. And then it would just be calm again. You're like, oh, okay, back to it. Yep. yep. But the weather showed it was like 20, 25 mile an hour winds, constant. You're like, oh, man. Like, and that's why we thought nymphing with the heavier rods anyways, because with those lighter lighter rods, it would have been harder yeah, to cast. Yeah, it would have been way harder. And, in addition to the, the flow And of the their water. line management was a lot easier with that nine-footer uh, nine because you can mend and act, or high stick over like different currents, which yep. was clutch. Yeah, but that was... Uh, 
I mean, I remember walking out with you and literally like we were both just like speechless. Mm-hmm. Like we just kept looking at each other like, dude, and just like shaking our heads like, what? <laughs> Did that just happen? Like, it was amazing. I remember because uh, we did this outing right after I had a, a trip. So I was on vacation for a week and I had a week of work and then I came up, fished on Sunday. We're driving back and I said, dude, that just felt like a, like a fishing vacation. Like I just was gone for a week of fishing and it was yeah. that good in one day. And we actually, we showed up late, <laughs> had to leave early. And it was just that much better, I guess. Like, I couldn't even explain it. I don't know why, but it seems like our best outings is when we're just chill, vibing, and just time is... Yeah. Like water. <laughs> it's just a fluid thing. We're and like, well, eh. There's going to be plenty of future pods when we talk about getting up early and... Really, 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 really striking out big time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like we're talking about all this success, but we are gonna have an equal amount of failures coming up in these future pods, and I think that's a great like takeaway. It's like that. That's just fishing, you know. I think that's a a great um, thing to mention. Is yes, it's not. You know, you see a lot of these guys on like TV shows and shit, and they're like. Every time they go, they they freeze, like freaking rake, mm-hmm. and that is not the case. Like, and I'll be the first to admit that. I mean, we're pretty damn good at what we do now. Yep, uh, I'm not. I'm tooting our horn. I'm not saying we're professionals, but we know a thing or two. Huh? We know a thing or two, and we've had a lot of outings where it's like, well, shit. And I remember I said this uh, last winter. I'm like. And you know, I hate I hate admitting to it, but we were due for some bad outings. We were very due. The if you look back to last year and the year prior, I mean, my goodness, we did not miss a lot. And this year, we're we're like, I don't even think we're at fifty percent. You know, I think we're just below that, maybe like forty percent. Yeah, it's it's been tough going, and obviously the weather plays a huge factor in that. And you you play the hand you're dealt, <laughs> like today. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that. It's it's you can't control Mother Nature, but I mean, like you said, the cards that you're dealt, you take them and do what you can you with it. Do what you can with if it. If you can do anything, sometimes. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just can't. <laughs> uh, it, it's a grind. But we got back. I remember when we walked back. What? Was that that time? Was that the time we saw the two guys walking out? Nope, nope, nope. That was no. a different time. But when we did get back in the car, like there was a lot of people that were yes. parked. And thankfully, nobody asked how we did. Yeah. I wouldn't have probably told them anyway. Yeah, we but. didn't really get much. There was a lot of chubbies. <laughs> a couple dinks. <laughs> Nothing good. Lost a couple flies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did actually. I did lose a couple of flies on those two trout, but <laughs> I think I lost a couple on a tree. I I might have two. I can't remember. You know, I kind of erased that stuff from memory. Pat's rubber leg, I think, was in a tree. You know, it happens. That's why you know. That's why I tie up a lot in the winter. <laughs> yep. But that was that outing was like the kickoff to our like spring. That was like our first like 
that was our first official outing. That was like our first official outing. You yeah. know, it wasn't winter fly fishing and 20 degree temps and yep. grinding over fish. This was just springtime. Let's let's kick off right and we did kick off the season. Yeah. Very well with that outing. And that's the, something to take away from this is like those temperatures early on like you know, 55 degrees, 55 you said this the other day, 55 to 58 is like key nymphing mm-hmm. temperatures really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said when it gets to like 59 or like 60 to like 65 is like dry. Yeah. Cause that's, and that, you know, you could probably go online and look up a different number, but from what I've seen, like my most success is with those ranges being, you know, once you're around 60, I, I actually see drive, uh, caddis flying around or mayflies around or, you know, yellow stones. Like I remember like in later outings, like we waited a little bit. And the temps went up, and we saw a bunch of bugs as hatching. Yeah. So, you know, it you can look up information online, but your own, you know, research or, per, like, in-person data taking, you, you can learn quite a bit. And make sure that, like, when you are nymphing, like, and you can add to this, but there's, there's a lot of, and I talked about this the other night with people that were asking me about fly fishing, that with nymphing, there's so many different moving parts to nymphing that you can adjust mm-hmm. type of fly how far down is your dropper uh what, you know what's indicator di- yeah your indicator you gotta adjust your indicator type of indicator is it slapping or do you need a soft landing what are you type a- of cast are you doing and um, are you mending are you having it swing a little bit on the tail out there's that's a great technique by the way and there's a lot of different things that you can do to see how the fish react and sometimes they want small bugs sometimes they want big bugs sometimes they want the top of the water column sometimes they want it right on bottom you want it to tick 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 all the way down and at the same time, you're you're switching out flies. Exactly. And you that's know. the one thing that we, I've always been like, you know, we need to switch out flies to see what's hitting. Yep. I mean, on this particular outing, it did not take much. <laughs> no, God, no. But on future outings, uh, kitchen sink is an understatement. <laughs> We're talking about the refrigerator, maybe like the supermarket. Yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. But, I mean, a lot of guys or, you know, a lot of anglers, what they'll do is they'll just be like, oh, I'm going to switch out this fly, switch out the there's more to it than just switching flies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what you have to kind of realize with with nymphing. Um, and nymphing is not... <laughs> it's it's a technique of fishing that practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. You know, get your, get your indicator in the water and it definitely is... It's a challenge. Um, and you can make it as challenging as you want it to be. Yeah, exactly. Like I said earlier, I go on a certain side of a pool because I just wanted to make it more technical. Yeah. But if I didn't want to, I could stay on a side that's easier to cast. I can just water load the cast up and keep it simple. It's all personal preference at the end of the day, but there's a lot to learn if you're wanting to get into fish and with, on the nymph rig. With nymphing, like you you told me this, like typically you're like two false casts at most. Yes, yes. No more than that. Because if you the more you have so much junk on the end of that fly line, mm-hmm. if you're false casting you're going to get a rat's nest and you're not going to be a happy camper. And I've, I'm i guilty to it. I, I do that stuff all the time. Do I look behind me? Can I actually cast behind me? 
do I have space? Is there a branch overhanging? I still catch a branch sometimes. There's sometimes I'm looking at like, oh, I'm going to send it for, there's this overhanging branch in the water and I just want to get that fly right there. <laughs> and I look at you like, ah, this is dangerous. And then I immediately catch it. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> I literally did that the other day. <laughs> but like the other, the other point I want to say is like, and that for people that are into fly fishing, like they understand this, but for like beginners, you know, that from your first fly um, to your second fly, that tippet that you're using is fluorocarbon mm-hmm. because it sinks a lot more. Yes. And not um, uh, nylon or mono. There you go. Because you're pretty much trying to do anything you can to get that fly to get down deeper quicker. And the that's one of. We don't do this yet, and Euronymphing uses light tippets. So where you're talking 6X, 7X, well, not very lightweight rod, and you don't really need to have an extra added weight on the fly to get the flies down quickly. Yeah. So when you have a fluorocarbon tippet, you have to imagine if you're throwing an indicator rig, there's time from the cast lands on the water to the flies actually get in the strike zone. Mm-hmm. So that fluorocarbon gets the fly to the strike zone quicker. Right, right. And typically with that, like, almost like a an angle, you want to cast upstream so it has time to drop exactly. down. Exactly. And then the swing, which is nice, the swing as it comes around behind you, that bottom fly will actually start to rise. And so what that imitates is a, uh, a nymph, that's coming up to hatch on the surface film. Yep. So, and that sometimes uh, triggers a strike just because they see it, it's kind of like getting away from them. So as it gets away from them, they're like, I need to get it now. And then boom, they'll hit it. Yep. So for primarily like what I'm using, 4X tapered leader down to uh, 4X tippet yep. um, to a, say, Pat's rubber leg uh, stonefly. And then I'll use 4X fluorocarbon maybe 14 inches Yep. Uh, down to like a copper stone. And I just want to add, like we, we were fishing for wild trout on this outing. And if you're going to a very technical river, you might want to consider downsizing that tippet to a 5X, even a 6X. That's just and, another piece that you can... Yeah, exactly. You yeah. want Sometimes you need to have an extra long leader because it's super deep or yep. you can't have your thick 20-pound uh, butt material of your tapered leader near the fish because they'll spook instantly. So there's a lot of different things you have to think about when you're going to a particular watershed. And, you know, we talked about this in a, uh, I, I'm, we may have not talked about it, but there was this one time I was like, extend your tapered leader. Mm-hmm. And you do that and then the casting's different. Oh and, yeah. And you can knot up way easier because you're going to have a lot more flimsy material at the end of your leader. Correct. So... And that just comes with practice and practice and practice, getting out and just fishing. You know, it might not be successful or not, but once it clicks, it clicks. For the record, and this is crazy, for the first time ever in my life, I have not... Uh, ah, damn it. <laughs> but I'll say it. I have not thrown a single fly yet this year. I have once and only once, and we'll talk about that in a future pod. Okay, me too, once. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll talk about that later. But whenever I'm nymphing or dry fly fishing, it's it's always two two flies. Always two flies. Why? Why uh, limit your hooks in the water? Right. 
unless there's a regulation that specifies that, always I'm always going two flies. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, it's a game changer. And double you can double up on fish, you know, what stage of the bug are they eating? You can have a merging caddis to a caddis pupa. Yeah. So you have both type of caddis that are in that water right now and they can take their pick. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done three flies? Uh no, but I definitely know people that do. So when really? yeah, so when I went to uh, the Farmington River in Connecticut, and that, that's not spot burning. You look that up, you can easily find it's that river. It's like well known. <laughs> so, uh, I went to the fly shop. I think it's a upcountry fly shop, and the guy that I was talking to in the shop, he uh, he does a lot of urine nymphing, and I think he said he uses three flies. And the and we're not. I'm not going to go into urine nymphing a ton, but one thing that's different. From indicator nymphing and euro nymphing is when you're using an indicator, your heavy fly is the fly closest to the indicator. So it's the top fly. If you're euro nymphing, that's actually going to be your bottom fly. So it can get down. So it can get down and get all those flies down, and you have a super light tippet, so it just sinks instantly. And it's all by touch, yeah. So, but yeah, you can definitely use three flies. I, you know, I just... A lot two can is go a wrong per- yeah. <laughs> two is the perfect amount because if I you know catch a tree, I'm not using losing mm. thirty minutes of tying, <laughs> like tying as in tying up flies, and then to re rigging. You know what I mean? But the thirty second rule. Yeah, the thirty second rule has become a staple. <laughs> it's like if we get a tangle or a knot, rat's nest or something with these two flies. It's like, is it going to take me thirty seconds? If it takes me more, just re rig. Yep. Yep, no, totally. Because when your tippet starts to tighten up, too, with those, like, fine, minute knots, trying to, like, straighten out those sons of bitches. Oh, the curly cues. (laughs) It's just not going to work because if you do get them out, then you have this, like, kink in your line, and it doesn't give that, that, like, natural flow of the fly. Exactly. And then the cast sometimes is a little messed up. Yeah. There's a lot that can go wrong, and that's us just kind of nitpicking, but... As you get further and further along, you'll notice these little intricacies that actually affect the outcome of the fishing trip. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's probably going to wrap up this pod. Yeah. We just, you know, rambled on a little bit, but I love it. <laughs> great. Good techniques. Uh, so if you um, have any questions, you can DM us on Instagram too. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just some techniques for some early spring fishing. When those temperatures are a little bit colder than what you would like. Oh, I mean, is it still early spring? Like, I can't tell. <laughs> I can't tell either because it's so if it wasn't, cloudy. If it wasn't humid, <laughs> you you could close my eyes and I'd be like, uh, yeah, it's early May. But oh, Good Lord. Yeah. We're, but a lot to come in these uh, future pods and a lot to learn about because we'll get our asses handed to us. But where we are going to report out those downfalls, like equally, I mean, it's not always about just catching the fish. It's about what practices do you have to go through in order to be successful, and you need to have those failures in order to be successful. Even and though they suck <laughs> in yeah, the moment, yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh my god, awful. But I mean, even still, with those like downfalls, it's only going to make you a better angler. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you go to other spots and you're like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm like killing it right now. Just because, well, <laughs> you've had your struggles in the past. You know how to get over those hurdles technically. 
with with you know different techniques and stuff but um you need to have those failures so. and i want to add one last thing when you fail and you get to a similar situation you've been there before so you know like okay i've been here before what do i need to do to adapt and be successful and i think that's kind of shown shown up a little bit here and there you know so as, as weird as this sounds and you told me this and i know we're stretching this out <laughs> but you told me this learn to love your failures uh-huh, uh-huh. those I, days where you get your ass whooped you need to love those days if you start to love those days those special days that you have are that much more special. Mm-hmm. And I've I've told you this a million times. Like, I've gone out in early January, and I get up, I drive, I get there, fish all day, get wind burned, freezing cold, don't catch anything. Still a good day, you know. Yeah. And then I go out again a weekend later, and I catch two of the biggest trout of my life. <laughs> Boom, baby. Exactly. <laughs> but as always, folks, we appreciate you listening. And uh, check out the Instagram. And uh, as always, get in the woods. Get on the water.